And this is View the Valley's podcast, season two, episode three, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, how you been? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, football season's here. College football's in full swing. You know, big FCS win for Montana over Washington. And NFL season's starting tonight with, I know, your favorite player, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> so, but I know you're excited because that's more you get to gamble on now with your with your fantasy teams. So, you know, you're absolutely right. And to kind of piggyback off that, did not have a great gambling weekend. Uh, went out to Vegas this past weekend. Uh-huh. You know, degenerate here. And honestly, some of the sports bets kind of you know went all right in college football. But let me tell you the the ways that I lost money in those casinos. Slots, roulette, blackjack, absolutely abysmal weekend. It's like it's slanted in the casino's favor. I, you know, I find that hard to believe because uh, it's always so crowded out there, and it just seems like there's more and more casinos opening up out there. I cannot believe it's not favoring us, <laughs> us the degenerates. Keeps drawing people to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have you know, I did come back with... A $1 circuit chip. So I did not leave Vegas empty-handed. Did you come up, come back $1 ahead overall? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I did not lose it all out there. <laughs> but you had to get that chip anyway. <laughs> well, I, and the only reason I, I came back with it was I was playing roulette, and you had to have at least $15 on the board. And, oh, yeah, it was... It's high it was, stakes. It was. It's high stakes for me, at least. Oh, it was pricey for me. <laughs> and <laughs> at fifteen dollars on there, well, at this point in time in my wallet, I only had a hundred dollar bill. Well, the the girl came by asking if you wanted drinks. Well, it's free, but you got a tipper. And I said, Well, you got change for a hundred? No, but I accept chips. I said, <laughs> All right. So I asked the guy. I said, I need. $5 and five $1 chips back. Got it. Well, he just, the five chips, or the chips I gave him, because they were uh, they were $5 in chips. So you had 19 $5 chips and then five $1 chips? Well, no, I had I had many, many chips at this point, but, the, <laughs> but they were all $5. Okay. And I said, can I get a $5, you know, five ones for this? And... You know, sure thing. He takes the chip, gives it, gives me another one. He gives me right back a $5 chip in just a different color. I said, no, no, this, this isn't going to work. I need five ones. Oh, okay. So then he gives me five ones. And so then I end up having a tipper, you right. know, out of those five ones. Well, now at this point, I can't play the rest of my chips because I don't have, <clears throat> it didn't equal up to $15. So I basically just, I just, you know, had to eat what was left. I think I had, I had $17 left. So I had to put 15 out there. I'm like, well, I guess these $2 aren't being used. That's when she comes around again. You keep those to tip her the next time. She didn't come around again because my money didn't last that long. I tried to stretch it out to get another free drink. And it, it, it didn't work. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, the, Sports books were nice, you know, going in and out. Uh, we went to an ice bar, which was, it was pretty different, but it was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, well, we were there early September, so it's still not cool. 
Well, in Vegas. I mean, yeah. This this ice bar. It. I don't know how cold it was in there, but you know the table was ice, glass was ice, your seat was ice, just everything in there was ice, and they had to give you a coat to go in there. That's how cold it was. And, and it was legit. Yeah. But we're sitting in there, and and I'd be damned if I wasn't just like, Man, it doesn't feel that cold in here. And you know, I'm in shorts, and I got Sperry's on, so I don't have any socks on. We're sitting there, and uh, a couple of the other guys are like, yeah, it doesn't seem that cold in here. Is it really, you know, below freezing? And, I mean, it was called, they, people were trying to say it was negative five in there. I don't buy that because I was sitting there just fine for about 40 minutes. Well, then after a while, it really started to hit you like, holy cow, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> and so we're like, we got to get out of here. So we left and we walked out of there onto the street where it's like a blistering 106. And I could not feel my legs or my feet. That's how numb they were. And it was like that for about an hour. But nonetheless, I mean, it was... It was fun. So you almost got frostbite, lost a ton of money, but you can't wait to go back. <laughs> Already looking for the next <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, we did enter, uh, it's called the Circa, Circa Million. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my buddy Jacob Wunnebauer entered uh, this NFL contest. You pick five games against the spread each week, and you can do it from anywhere, but you have to register in Las Vegas. So that was one of the main reasons we were going out there. Mm-hmm. But you can do it from anywhere. You just have to go through a proxy service to right. enter Make your sure picks. You're legitimately who you say you are, and and enter your picks every week for you. So looking forward to that. We didn't pick a game tonight, but all in all, it was a it was a good trip. Still yeah. jet lagged, but can't complain. Yeah. Are you looking at next year? Yeah, sounds like a good time. I mean, but uh, during this week's episode. We'll discuss the Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley Conference by games, as well as getting into some college football alliance talk that has recently uh, come to surface here over the last you know week, especially with the Big 12 Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first thing, TJ, we'll start off with the by games between the two conferences. Okay. I'll let you uh, go first here with the MVC. Why well, I don't think the MVC has nearly as many as maybe they've had in the past. I and mean, who knows if that has to do with COVID. I know that the OBC has a few more. And we don't know at this point. You know, we haven't done our due diligence to to submit uh, FOIAs to these uh, public universities to see what they're getting. You know, we'll leave that to uh, the D1 docket. But Evansville takes on, they travel to Cincinnati for their opening game of the season on November 9th. I would imagine that's a bye game, a Big East game. You know, and it's, you know, Evansville fans are going to go. It's a that's a pretty good trip, you know. Get yourself some Cincinnati chili, and uh, have yourself a good time there. And then the only then you have Indiana State at Purdue. That's another good game, an in-state rivalry. I say rivalry. They haven't necessarily been on the same level lately. And then the only other one that I see, if we're excluding MTEs. Oh, did I just say that Cincinnati's in the Big East? Good Lord. Everybody's changing conferences. They're in the American Athletic Conference. I watched them play in the American Athletic Conference Championship in Memphis, Tennessee, a couple of years ago, and I can't even get that right. Hey, hey it's, we, t- it's tough these days. Anybody can start a podcast these days. You don't need to know anything. <laughs> good Lord. So I apologize to the good people of Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, you put on a heck of a tournament. I just wish it was still in Memphis instead of 
I believe it's in Denton, Texas now, or somewhere down in Texas. I, you, someplace you've never heard of? Yeah, I have no idea. So, anyway, the only other buy game I see is Valparaiso potentially at Stanford. Um, I know there's a game where Loyola is going to Vanderbilt. I can't imagine Vanderbilt is paying Loyola to come down there to play them. I think that's one of those games that they're, you know, thankful to have a good following coming to one of their games. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that should be a good win for them. Or, I mean, I guess I don't know if it would be considered a good win, but uh, it's a win for against Loyola, a Power 5 yeah. team. Yeah, for, I got to think Loyola's, I mean, at this point, they said you got to choose somebody five bucks. I'm taking Loyola. Oh, absolutely. What you think? Oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I'd give you two to one odds. I'll take Vanderbilt for five. And I, I will say, though, I, I have... I have been a fan of Vanderbilt's court. I mean, not many people, I don't think, enjoy those courts that, that are up above and then you have to go down to the bench. No, that's not the way it is at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, the benches are on the ends. Oh, that's right. Because, I mean, you're right. That but the it's floor still, is elevated. It's so elevated. The first row is like at your chin Yeah, if you have front row seats. But the benches are on the end, which is a nightmare to me. Which Is it Minnesota that Yeah, Minnesota that you go that down? That you go down. Uh, it's always for the final four. That you have to climb up, like so they can get more, so they can get more eyes on your game. That's what it is. Wow. So I don't know if I'd like playing on an elevated court. I, I think once you're playing, you don't realize it. It's just when you have to get on and on and off the bench, literally. So okay, so why do you think more schools don't go with, don't go the elevated way? Maybe with like a you know with a re- arena you know renovations and stuff. There's probably cost because, it, I mean, you're, you're going to have a traditional floor, a concrete floor below that anyway. And now you're going to build up. I don't know. I mean, it's easier transition because I think of like the schools in the OVC and the MVC that they, they leave their floors out all the time. It's not like, you know, some of these schools have to build their floors sure, every time they that's play. True. So you want to do a concert or anything else. It's not very... You know, it's not easy to transition for that because at least that's the way it was at SIU when I went to school. There. That, that makes that sense. Way at Edwardsville, when they have graduation, when they used to do it indoors, at least I don't know if they still do. But yeah, I don't like the benches on the end. That just that, that, that is odd. that's odd. Like, and I've never paid close enough attention that they have just like stand up underneath the basket, like, "Hey, I'm going," kind of like a soccer sub. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, so that, that's those are the only ones I saw as potential buy games. I mean, there are obviously uh, some MTEs that all those teams are in, but sure. I think that's kind of one of those mutually beneficial, you know, the big schools get multiple games and, hey, I get the chance to play them and maybe have an upset and, you know, add that to my resume. Yeah. So I know the OVC has several more. Hopefully you don't screw up conferences like <laughs> I did. Uh, so, yeah, the Ohio Valley, there's 16 games, a little bit more than the Missouri Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin P. a little bit of a loaded schedule there and mostly – all of their non-conference games are on the road, especially these three. Uh, they play at TCU, at Vanderbilt, and then uh, this one not really a Power Five, but still probably getting a getting some money going to them, and that's at Dayton. Right, that's okay. what I saw. But yeah, boy, you're looking at that. They are loaded for road games, where they have Western Kentucky is their only home. Division one game looks like right now. Yeah, I mean that, that, they have two non-division one teams, and the rest are all. I mean, either they're even on the road to see Purdue Fort Wayne, the Mastodons, and on the road at Howard. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and that really does kind of surprise me because it's not like Austin P has been, you know, bad. I would, I would think they'd have been able to get, mm-hmm. you know, some, some home games, and, and maybe that these are some new contracts, and maybe that this is part of yeah. like a home and home, and yeah. a lot of these schools will travel. New to coaching them. staff are they scrambling to find games? Like, hey, we'll we'll play whoever, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's the scenario there. That's very possible. Uh, Belmont, it should be a pretty good game. They play uh, at LSU. Mm-hmm. So while they are probably getting you know a good chunk of money to go there, that's one of those games where you look at and say, hey, what better way to get a check and also come away with a, a win that could very well help us if right. if we don't win the Ohio Valley Tournament. Right. Because, I mean, you look at Belmont's schedule, they do have – they've got a nice mixture of games that would help them if they don't win the OVC Tournament mm-hmm. on where if they get some wins against, you know, LSU, uh, maybe at Ohio or even – you know, in this, the MTE where they would play, you know, a very good team in Drake, you know, right. mid, another good mid-major, or even if they have the chance to play Alabama or Iona. Mm-hmm. So they have the ability there to snag some wins, maybe not against Power 5, but chance to. And they have that, that game against St. Louis U. Oh, yeah. You know, at, at St. Louis U. So I think that's a, a could be a big one because Slew's had some really good teams here the past few years. They have. You know, we're not sure what they're going to be this year, losing some of their – key players but i think it's still a reputable one that if if slew has a solid season finishes top four of the a10 yep and hey that 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 could be a quad one win should easily be a quad two win and i i feel like in the last couple of years st louis has really been a team that kind of slows the you know the tempo down a little bit you know they revolve around their good defense mm-hmm. or belmont you know they're just gonna try and get up and down the floor shoot the three yeah and that that's a game i'd really like to go see you yeah. know right in our neck of the woods mm-hmm. and exactly be a great game to to go watch uh eastern illinois they play at northwestern at missouri and also play at butler Mm -hmm. so you know new coaching staff there you know marty simmons now leading the way at eiu uh and they also play uh st louis as well so Mm -hmm. i think st louis is another game or two against the ovc uh but that'll be a tough schedule for eastern illinois i mean they only have I think they only have two home games, Evansville and uh, yeah, Central Michigan. Road heavy as well. But but playing some of those games on the road early on, I mean that, that always you know helps you come conference play. Yeah, it's the old saying: iron sharpens iron. So, uh, Moorhead State, uh, NCAA participant out of the OVC this past year, uh, pretty loaded schedule. Honestly, they start the season at Auburn. They also play at Mississippi State. And they also play at Xavier. While they are getting money from those schools, I mean, the, they also have a couple other games that could be, um, you know, very competitive and balanced. You know, at UAB, I'm sure they're getting some money to play there, but not nearly the amount they would be getting with uh, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Xavier. But the game that I, I'd really like to see is the game uh, at East Tennessee State. You know, mm-hmm. they were good last year. I think they have a lot of returning uh, returning talent this year, and that game's on the road. So, I mean, loaded schedule for Moorhead State, and even them, not not too many home games as well. Yeah, I think the one that stands out to me seems like a strange road game is at IUPUI. Yeah. You know, it seems like that is strange. That, you know, that, that seems like one that you would see them go to Moorhead State. 
Especially after you just you know made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, maybe they, hey, we were had a good time in Indianapolis. Had their, uh, you know, their announcement of who they were playing while they were at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and Coach shot like, hey, let's let's find the magic again. Let's go hey. play Ooey Pooey. Play the play the Jaguars, I believe it is. Yeah. Yep. You're right. And it's weird how you know some of these contracts come about. You know, and maybe. Maybe there's a connection there at IUPUI, yeah. and maybe they got a kid from Indianapolis area, and that's you that, know he's a junior, senior. Like, hey, you know, I think that happens sometimes. Like, you get kids like all of a sudden, like, why are you playing here? Like, oh, we have two kids that are from the St. Louis area, so yeah. we want to play, play up here. And you always like hearing about that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, then their family and friends don't have to travel. Right. At least get to see them play once. Uh, Murray State, they play at Memphis and at Auburn. Uh, Two schools where, yeah, they'll be getting a good chunk of money. And I I think Murray, Murray State's going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they performed, you know, under the expectations that they had set, you know, just at 500. If their offense clicks with, uh, you know, you got Tevin Brown and uh, uh, Williams. Yeah, K.J. Williams, you know, Murray State's going to have some talent. And – they had these guys last year, but it just seemed like they weren't all clicking at the same time. And they're going to have you know other playmakers outside of these two, but those are the two big names that return for uh, Murray State. And if those you know, especially those two guys are on, I mean, there's no telling. You know, they might be able to. I'm not saying they might not sneak away with a win, but they'd be competitive against you know Memphis mm-hmm. and you know Auburn. Uh, but I mean, you look at their schedule. They have a few more home games than uh, some of the others at this point. They play uh, Middle Tennessee, Chattanooga, and I think they had another home game. SEMO. Well, that's way that's getting into their conference play. Bellarmine? Bellarmine, yep. Who's, what, the second year D1? Yeah. I mean, you see what they've done, you know, mm-hmm. coming to D1. Now you've seen a couple of other schools tr- start to trickle in. Uh, SIUE, uh, they have a... They got they have a tough conference or tough non conference schedule. Now they're not all against power fives, but it's basically all road games plus an MTE. And they open the mm-hmm. season at Marquette, uh, and they also play at Creighton. Now they do play on the road at Chicago State, which I would think SIUE would be able to Right, right. That's one that you, they're routinely in the three hundreds when it comes to RPI and Yeah. I mean that's a game where SIUE probably win by, mm-hmm. you know, at least double digits. And then they come back and play a non-D1. Uh, but they also play at Bradley and uh, at Youngstown State. And that Youngstown State's part of that MTE. Yeah. So those will be two good games. And I think Nebraska-Omaha has made some decent noise in the past couple of years as well. Maybe maybe I'm showing my age and it's been a few more years back. But and then, but looks like a, a weekend in uh, Omaha-Nebraska between playing Creighton and then three days later you're playing Omaha. So... Then you look at SEMO's schedule. They do not have they do not have a game against a Power Five or I mean I guess if you look at their schedule, their road games, I would think their their biggest opponent would probably be at at Pepperdine, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll work work in uh, California Baptist at the same time out there. But the but the other ones are all kind of local. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think Missouri State's probably the the. The one that you're looking at probably has the highest RPI right now, I would guess. Uh, Tennessee State, they open the season at Nebraska. Um, that's that's really their only 
big bye game. They also play at Georgia State, who's mm-hmm. you know been pretty solid over the last couple right. of years. Uh, Tennessee Tech, they open the season at Memphis. They also have a game at Tennessee and at Cincinnati on the schedule. So it's going to be a tough schedule for Tennessee Tech. I mean, they've only got one home game right now currently on the non-conference schedule, and that's a game against Chattanooga. The rest are all on the road. And then uh, UT Martin uh, at Tennessee and at Ohio State are their big bye games with with other games against uh, Western Kentucky mm-hmm. and Middle Tennessee outside of their uh, MTEs. So, I mean, all in all, basically 16 true, uh, true bye games – out of the Power Five and Big East, and then if you if you count, uh, you know Memphis and the AAC, you know about eighteen, nineteen games. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with those buy games, you know, especially with COVID, you know, happening. You know, I feel like if if you're a mid major school, you want to try and get those buy games on there just because you're getting money, right, to help your program, especially if you're not being able to have as many fans as or if you had a fan cut off from last year mm-hmm. and you don't know what the fan attendance will be like this year, still a little bit of ways till uh, college hoops tips off and you're going to have some guidelines that come out, you know, probably per the conference or university, whichever. Uh, but then you also got to look at maybe, you know, some of these schools didn't want to have a lot of buy games just because the, as coach uh, Jay Spoonauer said last year that, you know, it's, it's tough to get a good buy game right now because you're not getting as much money as you would mm-hmm. before. And so you're going to go all that way to, you know, basically do what was expected and, mm-hmm. you know, lose. But at this point, I think you got to take uh, the money that's given to you right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, while we're on the same same topic, sort of, what do you what do you think about the non-Division One schools being on, you know, like maybe the Missouri Valley or Ohio Valley Conference, uh, you know, Team schedule. I know we, we talked about it a little bit last year, but maybe for those that uh, maybe didn't listen to that episode or, you know, new listeners. I, I kind of feel like it's a necessary evil, especially when it's a a, 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 a near game, you know, but and I can't be upset about it because, you know, I, I'm sitting here excited that SIU Carbondale is going to Kansas State to play football this weekend. And that's kind of the same idea. You know, I started out talking about Montana, excuse me, beating Washington. So I like that potential. But when it's my school, they could potentially lose that game. <laughs> and it's definitely not, not like, oh, they're in a different conference. Like, no, they're Division Two. I think someone's playing Knox. I think it's SIU Edwardsville playing yep. Knox. That's a D3 school. You know that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to get those in there. And those smaller schools that can get the buy games, you know, you start, start thinking about the SWAC and – they're, they're the ones going and playing the big boys because they can get that check, and that kind of leaves the schools in our conferences in no man's land. What are your thoughts? Well, I kind of mixed emotions. I mean, it it's nice, that I think, to have those games. You get to work on maybe some plays or new plays that maybe weren't working against, like, a an Ohio State mm-hmm. or something right before you start a conference play. But the one area that I still – it's still hazy to me is – you know, when you see like the the RPI or those net rankings, quad one, quad two, whatever. And if you're if you're trying to move up those rankings, or if you're on the bubble and let's say you stub your toe against uh, 
a Decatur or, you know, some some small school, you know, Fontbonne or whatever. Some D two, some D three school. Yeah, I'm with you. They say that your your net rankings or whatever do not, you know, include those non D one games. So if you win, it doesn't help you at all in the in the rankings. Right. Okay, so what? So if you lose, you mean to tell me that it, that's not hurt? That's the not. The committee doesn't have that in the back of their mind. Yeah, like well, okay, we can't publicly say this game hurt them because uh, we've said it, it's not going to affect it. Yeah, I have a hard time buying that. If if a team oh. on the bubble went out and stubbed their toe against a D three, where two the other three teams on the bubble won by sixty five against these D threes, or at least did not lose. Yeah, right. I have a yeah. hard time buying that that's yeah. not taken into consideration. It's right up there with when you see in TV shows, the jury will disregard, like, well, that just made it stand out in my mind with that guy just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, one, the one thing I do want to point out, you mentioned the SWAC. And while we're talking about buy games, every year it seems like Texas Southern has just an incredible schedule against Power fives. I mean, their their road matchups every year are incredible because they ne- don't they don't seem to ever have a home game before conference play. And you look at their schedule this year: at Oregon, at St. Mary's, at Washington, at Air Force, at NC State, at BYU, at Louisiana Tech, at Florida, at Cincinnati, at TCU, and also on the road at UT Rio uh, Grand Valley. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's preparing you for the swack, but there, there's times where they start their their conference season. They, they might have like one or two wins. I mean, their record's terrible. And some, some people are like, how are you betting Texas Southern? Their record's terrible. And it's like, well, you got to actually dig in and see who they've played. I mean, they it seems like a couple of years they, they'll snag a win against mm-hmm. one of those big schools because they're used to playing them every Every game. Yeah, I think Mike Davis started that when he's there. Johnny Jones is the head coach at Texas Southern now, but Mike Davis was there. He'd been at Indiana. Okay. Like after uh, Bobby Knight was there, took a Indiana to the championship game. But that was a big thing that he did. He's like, hey, we're, we're going to play anybody anywhere. And I don't know that it was so much financial, but just like I'm instead of screwing around and like, hey, all right, you want to play us? We'll, we'll come. You know, and it's, there, but I think there's definitely a level of like, yeah, we were getting paid to do this too. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes you see that uh, in schools that I think at the high school level of schools that aren't in conferences and that maybe they have pretty good programs. So, hey, we may get our, you know, our heads kicked in a few times, but come postseason, we're ready to rock and roll. Well, and I do think it's a fine line. Like, you know, maybe they weren't doing it just, you know, to get a big paycheck, you know, six, seven times. But at the same time, you play a schedule like that, mm-hmm. it's going to prepare you for the swack. And it's gonna only it's gonna make you better where other teams aren't getting that competition every week, and you know if you're in the SWAC, it's gonna be a, it's a one bid league, and chances are, you're either gonna be, I mean depending on who wins, you might be in that playing game, or if you win the conference like Texas Southern has done, you win that tournament, you're gonna probably be that 16th seed, and you're gonna be playing a school like those right. that you played at the beginning of the season. Yep. So. But moving on from that, TJ, uh, we'll get into uh, some college football here. Uh, some college football alliances. I mean, it seems to be the big news here, even though uh, college football has started and, you know, we actually have a full slate of games every week. 
Well, I think being a Missouri Valley fan, it sounds like you know Wichita State that had left the Missouri Valley to go to the AAC, and now it sounds like the Big Twelve is going to poach at least three teams. Was it UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, and then bring yep. BYU from? Were they in the WAC for football? So right, right. And in the, the the West Coast Conference for all those other sports. So it sounds like they're headed to the Big 12. You know, so what does that mean for the AAC? The likes of Cincinnati can't be happy about this. Well, I guess Cincinnati is one of those teams, but uh, I met Memphis. Memphis can't be happy. About, like uh, Memphis, Tulsa, and then, you know, for NBC fans, Wichita State, you know, they went for this. And I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of people feeling sympathy for Wichita State if, from Missouri Valley fans. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I it you know and you saw it coming because after you saw that what was it oklahoma and texas mm-hmm. they wanted to leave to go to the sec but they basically gave what the the conference officials like a three four year mm-hmm. you know heads up yeah it was also getting to the point where like man is the big 12 gonna fold mm-hmm. like if if the, if they're not gonna fold they're gonna have to do something because yeah. the the teams they have in there now it just wouldn't be enough mm-hmm. and now you've seen other school other schools and conferences trying to form that that alliance, alliance and you know, the scheduling alliance uh-huh yep which i think is key you right. know because you're getting to the point now where it's almost getting like the transfer portal you just mm-hmm. got teams leaving every conference and, it, and it's football that's driving it yeah and that's that's what's getting weird now because if you have those schools leave the AAC, where does the aac go to get to more football schools because it feels like everyone else is going to be an fcs school you know, so if you're Memphis and Tulsa, where, where where do we go? Yeah, I mean the the only the really the only other conference that I could see maybe that would make sense would be, you know, you would snag a couple teams from maybe Conference USA and yeah. put them into the uh, yeah, middle, AAC. Middle Tennessee State are they Conference USA? I believe so. If they're not, they're Sun Belt, but I believe they are. You uh, may be right. I believe they're Conference USA. Um, yeah, Conference USA. Now there is a school that that is in the Sun Belt that I do think sh- should be able to bump up to I think a, a better conference. And now they're they're in a solid conference right now in the Sun Belt, but they were FCS just a couple of years ago, and that's mm-hmm. Appalachian State. Okay, because you know there's no reason they can't compete with maybe teams in Conference USA or. You know, maybe even a step above. Mm-hmm. You know, the the AAC that that'd be a solid right. team to put in there. I mean, they're they're located in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it's not too far from where some of these other schools, you know, like Memphis, and mm-hmm. so I, yeah, and I know it's a reach, it's kind of outside of their footprint, but Coastal Carolina, Sun Belt Conference, you know, you know, that'd be is it, but is that a step up for them? And I mean, I don't I don't know at this point. I mean the. Coastal Carolina plays a Power Five school uh, tomorrow. Do they? Who do they have tomorrow? Kansas. So if Coastal Carolina wins, are they going to rush the field? Hey, you know, Coastal Carolina's ranked. You know, it, it, okay. So I'll ask you this: Were you a fan of Kansas rushing the field? No, no. I understand you haven't won a game, you know, since who knows when, but you beat. Um, uh, I won't say they're mediocre. They're better than mediocre, but they're not somebody that you're expecting to see in the 
the playoffs this year either. But they beat a, beat a mediocre South Dakota FCS-level team. You don't rush the field for that. Would Maybe you, they would, were excited. Would team. you be excited if SIUE in basketball defeats Knox College <laughs> and a D3 and rushes the floor? No. What in the H-E double toothpicks are we doing? I, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I'm hit. not old man, don't rush the field. Like, hey, you know what? You win a big game, rush the field. That's okay. I, want, I wonder what some of the players on Kansas felt like. I don't, I don't know. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, the students knew the implications. Like, hey, we haven't won a game. Yeah. We, we may not see another one. And they might not this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and there's students that have been there that are seniors now. They haven't seen a win. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. You know, it. You're excited. You're you know, you're stu- you like to go tailgate for the games. You like to go to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a power five game, but uh, mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough sledding. But uh, other than that, TJ, uh, kind of wrap up the episode kind of short and quick this week. Uh, didn't have an interview lined up for this week. Maybe we'll have one next week. Uh, but with that, TJ, do you, uh, you got any final thoughts? How many people have you told about your fantasy football teams? Oh, you boring people with those? I don't want to say I'm boring people because this is how it goes. Hey, I had a fantasy football draft the other day. You want to see my team? And then I and then I just say, oh, can I show you mine after? So I'm always the second one. So. If someone says I'm boring, then it's hey, you started the conversation. Right. Can okay. I not tell my team too? Kind of the, the equivalent of hey, watch this video on my phone. Like okay, I've got one for you. <laughs> who uh, who do you got on your team? Are you excited? Well, um, the league I've been running for gosh, I don't know about twelve or thirteen years now. I've had Aaron Rodgers as my keeper since day one, and uh, you know, so Yahoo always slams me because we have our keepers in our first rounds. Like I had the first pick, but. It, like, it looks like I picked Aaron Rodgers first. Like, why would you pick the seventh best quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> like, because he's who I had, you know. So I don't know. But uh, I got involved in an auction league. A good friend of mine invited me into one of those. those I've never fun. been. It's it's a different experience. And it's, you know, I think the big difference is you feel like you have a chance. Like if you're in a 12-team snake draft team and you have the 12th pick, especially if you kept the guy, I'm going to get the tw- the 24th best player with my with my first pick. I get the 25th one too, but still, the idea. I mean, so there's that chance, you know. And yeah. It's you know, and it's always interesting auctions, whether it's fantasy football or not. That all of a sudden people are bidding on something. You're like, what are you doing? Sometimes it's me going, what what did I do? Like buyer's remorse. Like, I spent how much on this guy? Wow, I got to I really got to See how much I got to spend on my next six picks. I got to yeah. start to do some math. Well, I had a quarterback, and then Justin Fields came up. And I thought, okay, I'll bump up the price here a little bit, see what's happening. Starts out at $1, $2. I say three, room goes quiet. <laughs> All right, TJ, you've got Justin Fields for $3. Like, well, God, I hope he plays. <laughs> plays that one week that, that Kyler Murray doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm in three leagues, three uh-huh. leagues, and then we we do like a. It's not really a league, but there's like 15 of us that'll do like this DraftKings mm-hmm. weekly thing. You know, you repick your team every week. 
And if you don't want to do it one week, you just don't do it. Uh, you know, have a keeper league. And let me tell you, the last couple of years, it's, it's just been abysmal. I've never wanted a season to get done so quick in a league. But this year, I'm actually excited. I got the first overall pick because I had the worst record last year. Okay. Went Najee Harris, first pick because we have – we keep six guys. Good Lord. That's so like it's a, a true keeper like a league. dynasty Yeah, it's league. like a, a true dynasty league. And when we started this about – Eight, nine years ago, we were doing individual defensive players as well. So the first year we... You guys are nerds. That's what you are. (laughs) So the first year we drafted this team, the draft, I think, maybe took six hours. It's like a game of risk. (laughs) Because you you had two defensive backs, two linebackers, like four defensive linemen. And, oh, I mean, it was... I think there was like 32 guys on a roster. Good God. So, so it's. Oh, there's no way. You got, if you would invite me, like, no. And that, that lasted like three three years. And the last year we did individual defense players, I won the, the league. Since we haven't done the individual defense players, I haven't won at all. So I'm convinced I won based off of my individual defensive players. Yeah, you, you, you can keep on thinking that. <laughs> but. Another league that I'm in this year, and it's it's kind of different. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Clay, had sent over a text said, "Hey, you uh, you want to be in my fantasy league?" I said, "No, not really. I'm already in two. And you know, the one year I was in four or five. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm rooting against people on my own team in different leagues. I said, this is terrible. Like, I can't. <laughs> it's not working out. So I'm like, no, not really. He goes, what if I told you, it's just twenty dollars, mm-hmm. and." You draft your team at the beginning, and you cannot move them the rest of the year. I said, so we just draft our starting lineup. He said, yep, you draft. I think it was eight guys, quarterback, two running back, two receiver, tight end, and two flex. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm, I'm in. So, and it, and it was tough to go through that draft because it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you got to try and you got to try and figure out. You know, do you want everybody on the same bye week and then just forfeit, basically forfeit that week? Or are you going to try and mix it up to where you get, okay, this guy, one bye week on six, one bye week on seven. So you're only missing one guy mm-hmm. because you can't move anybody out if they're on bye week or if they right. get hurt. So you couldn't draft anybody, or I didn't draft anybody that was questionable just because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. If they were supposed to miss three weeks, bypassed them because. Whoever you put in there, you're stuck with. Right. So that's the only reason I did it, because I don't have to put any... Will Fuller, you're not drafting him. Nope. No chance. So. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Also doing a pick and pool. So yeah. I'm, I'm highly invested yeah. in the NFL this year. I did just buy my first NFL jersey since uh, the Rams left St. Louis. Yeah. And I, I haven't really rooted for any team in the NFL, but... Uh, Someone told me the other day that I think you're a closet fan of this team. And I bet you will not guess what team it is unless you just saw the jersey sitting. The Buffalo Bills, number 17 jersey. Yep, you saw it sitting. (laughs) No, I knew. Oh, (laughs) Yep, bought a Josh Allen jersey. All right, all right. I think we should get shirts with the attorneys' names on them from the St. Louis attorneys that are taking on the NFL and the Rams. Like, we should tailgate. Be there outside the courthouse. Hey, 
You know how big we, of a fan God, I am. Can you make, we, get, you do, we should do a college game day from there. The signs that we would have about Stan Kroenke and Demoff. Oh, man. You want to talk about two people that would never be crucified worse. <laughs> hey, I, I'd be all in. I mean, the, for the longest time, there was uh, in one of the local bars here, there was a Stan Kroenke face as the urinal cake. Yeah. I purposely went to that every time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd be all in. Be all about it, but uh, they should do that on the weekend. Sell tickets. We do that at the dome. <laughs> who, uh, who do you like uh, tonight? Uh, you got Tampa Bay and Dallas. I, I like Tampa Bay. I, I watched what two episodes of Hard Knocks, which I love. But you just watch that, and you're like, no wonder the Cowboys are the way they are. Like, you just watch some of the shenanigans going, like, shenanigans going. You're like, you know, that's not happening in New England. You know that's not happening in Tampa, even though Arians is runs a little looser ship. Yeah, but it's just like and, and Jerry Jones, like, dude, you stay out of it. <laughs> yep. You want to talk about one of the great injustices in sports? Dallas has their Ring of Honor. Jimmy Johnson is not in the Ring of Honor, to my knowledge. Barry really? Switzer, Barry Switzer, in it. Jimmy Johnson, not in it. Wow. I'll double check here. I was always a big fan of Jimmy Johnson on like the the Fox pregame shows, and uh, he was always very comical. Always okay. Good. I take that he is to be inducted now. August fifth, article comes out. He's to be inducted in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. Why did it take this long? Because Jerry Jones is words I shouldn't say in polite company. Well, I mean, I'm not a Jerry Jones fan cuz he's one of the main one of the main oh, owners sure. that was in yeah. process of getting the Rams out of St. Louis. Yeah. Makes me want to puke. Mm-hmm. But uh that'll that'll kind of wrap up the show uh TJ. You know, I'm just I'm just thankful you never brought up the Semo and Carbondale football game as well as uh the chain game being on the the, the opposite side. The opposite side, because unbeknownst to us, they had abandoned the home grandstands and press box because of structural issues. I hope they get that fixed. Yeah. You know, otherwise, I think it's kind of a cool atmosphere with the is that the communications building that's there in the one end zone. Yeah. The administrative I, building. That's kind of a there's cool some dorms and, up cool there environment. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, you know that that's that's kind of cool. Otherwise, like the way the camera angle was set up, it looked like a small college football, like a D two. Uh, program that made sense once you figure out what's going on, and that's the right call. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you, can, you, no matter what heat you take for closing those down, it's. I mean, it, well, and it's been around for heaven forbid someone get hurt or killed. But if you have a collapse and just people are hurt, yep, you know you're gonna that that's a nightmare you will never recover from, and you just don't want to see people get hurt, and you can't in good conscience send send people up there. So, uh, you know, it. I was. I was, thought I was concerned they had trouble stopping the run. SIU did, and then, you know, first play ninety eight yards, sluggo, run a run a sluggo, <laughs> there you gone. I couldn't believe it. I had a couple people over for the Ohio State game in Minnesota was on. Then I had you know Simo Carbondale on, and where Simo had Carbondale pinned, I'm like, oh, this is you couldn't ask for a better field. Mm-hmm. Oh, one play gone. I'm like, yeah. oh, and to think those two were high school teammates. The quarterback and the 
wide receiver. Oh, no wonder. No, a lot, no wonder of, a lot so of chemistry. <laughs> no, wonder the, no wonder their football team's so good at their high school. Like, oh, yeah, those kind of guys. Golly. Uh, tough opponent for SEMO this week. Play at Sam Houston State, FCS defending champion, number one ranked team. Yeah. SIU's at, at K-State. There's there's a bye game for you. Yeah. But, Two, you know, two so tough games. Then uh, season tickets start to get to put those to use next week. So pretty who, excited. Who they play that week? Don't know yet. I haven't looked that far. <laughs> oh. Dude, my calendar's so full between my kids and doing PA work. I'm just like, I'm glad I can fit it in. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, that's going to wrap up episode three here on View of the Valleys. For TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud, and give us a follow on Twitter at ViewValleysPod. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.